Oh uh, yeah, it's the at-home version today of the BQL tailgate kickoff. I am Ryan Horvath with you guys here. We got a loaded show coming up in about 20 minutes. We're going to talk with Kelly Ford from thelines.com. You can follow him on Twitter, KFordRatings. We'll get his place for today and just see what games we're looking out for today as well. Uh, not quite the slate that we had last week, but still. A lot of uh, sneaky good games today. A lot of double-digit favorites that I don't think should be double-digit favorites. And uh, I think we might get some upsets today. I think today might be the day of the dog. We're going to try to find uh, those upsets. We're going to take a look at some of these totals. And uh, also, coming up 940 this morning, we're going to talk with Kelly in Vegas, Wager Talk owner and host of Bet On It. You could give her a follow as well, Kelly in Vegas. You can watch the show on the BetQL Network. You can listen in. Stations across the country. You can follow us on Twitter, and you could uh, also watch the show on Twitch and YouTube, of course. Let's just get right into it. Texas A&M and Arkansas, that's where I want to start. Uh, I'm betting the over in this game. 53.5 is the total right now. A&M opened up as five-point favorites in this game today. We're up to 6.5 right now over at BetMGM. And A&M's going to be without their starting quarterback, Connor Wegman, for the rest of the season. you got to downgrade him a little bit. Uh, Wegman, the better, the more mobile quarterback. But Max Johnson did throw four touchdowns, no picks, two last week. He played a clean game, and he has 625 career passing attempts. So he has the experience. He's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the SEC. So I think A&M should be just fine. Uh, if you have the win total, if you have any futures, I think you might be all right. And also, he's seen Arkansas already twice in his career. That's who they go against today. A&M's only lost this season, came to a really good Miami team. The offense much improved this season, right? Um, Petrino takes over column plays. They're top 30 right now in both quality and finishing drives. Their top three receivers, Stewart, Walker, and Smith, all solid, averaging over two yards per route run. So they have the weapons. Their defense has been solid. They're creating havoc. They have 34 tackles for a loss. But the one area where you can attack A&M, like you saw in that Miami game, is their secondary. They do give up explosive plays. Miami in that game uh, averaged 12.5 points per play against their pass defense. And I think Arkansas and K.J. Jefferson could have some success today. Also looks like Arkansas could be getting back their stud running back, Rocket Sanders, today. And K.J. Jefferson pushing the ball down the field a little bit more this year. So... I think they could score some points. So I like the over 53 and a half. Staying away from the side in that game, I would lean AM, but I want to see what they look like now without Connor Wegman uh, today. Another one, I've been going back and forth on this one, doing mental gymnastics. I like Penn State. They're 26 and a half point favorites against Northwestern. Penn State last week uh, made the mistake of betting the over. The total closed at 38 in that game against Iowa, and uh, they won that one at home, 31 0. They covered as 14 point favorites. And then in the wildest game of the day last week, a game that I turned off, Northwestern trailed 31-10. to They were 11-point dogs to Minnesota. They end up coming back, winning that game, beating the uh, Fighting Flex 37-34 to in overtime. Going back to uh, the Penn State-Iowa game, though, I've never seen anything like it. Total yards in that game, and I get that it's Iowa's offense. 397 yards for Penn State, just 76 for the Hawkeyes. Iowa had four first downs in that game. Penn State had 28. Time of possession, Penn State had the ball for 45 minutes and 27 seconds. Iowa just 14 minutes and 33 seconds. I don't know how you bet against Penn State right now. Drew Aller at quarterback. The passing offense, 65th in the nation, putting up about 240 passing yards per game. And then the rushing offense with Allen and with Nick Singleton. They're averaging 210 rushing yards per game. They're scoring 40 points per game. And I don't know how 
Northwestern moves the ball against this defense. This defense, I just talked about what they did against Iowa. Uh, they're fifth right now in scoring defense in college football. They're only giving up 8.8 points per game. So I do like uh, Northwestern. Our guy, Double D, big Penn State fan, also notes they're 10-0-1 against the spread over the last 11 games. The only thing that scares me a little bit, I did cover Northwestern football for a couple years. That's the early kickoff. That's a sleepy spot. One of the more boring uh, places to attend a game. You can't tailgate. There's no bars on campus. You pretty much have a hot dog stand, and that's it. Uh, even if Penn State's sleepy, though, I do think that they probably roll in this game. So Penn State 26.5 is my lean there. Clemson-Syracuse. Clemson was one of my losses last week against Florida State, a game that they should have won. They outgained them uh, in total yardage. Problem for Clemson all season long, red zone turnovers. Uh, year one for Garrett Riley calling plays. Dabo cost us that game. I actually considered the over here. Clemson, you know, you look around, you could shop around, you could get them under a touchdown, six-and-a-half-point favorites right now, seven-point favorites, six-and-a-half over at BetMGM. Uh, I think we might get some points. You know, Clemson's a few plays away from being a 4-0 football team. Instead, they're sitting there right now 2-2. Two and two. The offense with Cade Klubnick running the show, actually not as bad as it looks. They're averaging 474 yards per game, which is 21st in the country. But the problem is, again, they're struggling right now in the red zone. Syracuse getting a lot of love today. I get it. They're 4-0. But the problem I have with Syracuse grabbing the points with them, they haven't really played anybody. Uh, looking at their schedule so far, they beat FCS Colgate 65 to nothing. They pounded Western Michigan 48-7. to I'd say their toughest test so far, Purdue. They won that game 35-20. to They closed as one-point favorites. And then last week, they did beat Army 29-16. They were 13-point favorites, so they pushed. They had 403 total yards in that game, 245 through the air, 150 on the ground. Uh, they also picked off Army's quarterback twice. I'm staying away. I would lean over in that game. Florida, Kentucky, here's one where I played Florida, actually. They were three-point favorites. We're all the way down to one. At one right now, at pick, I would stay away, maybe even lean Kentucky. Uh, I played Kentucky's win total this season, over six-and-a-half wins. I was excited for the offense, even though they lose Will Levis, their starting quarterback. They brought in Devin Leary from North Carolina State, who I always liked when he was actually healthy. I'm just not a big Dave Doran or NC State fan. Problem is, Devin Leary still doesn't look healthy. The wide receivers, way too many drops right now. Uh, for Kentucky early on, and Kentucky really hasn't played anybody. You know, right now, Le Leary's already matched his career high in interceptions. Now he goes against a Florida defense that's actually pretty solid. Um, Leary right now, you look at QBR, 83rd in the country. He's already thrown, like I said, five interceptions. He's coming off that torn peck last season. I just don't think he's 100%. And I like Kentucky's weapons. They have Ray Davis, who ran for over 1,000 yards last season at Vandy. They brought him in through the portal. Um, but a huge step up, like I said, in class against Florida's defense. I do like the under. Uh, that's taken some money. We're down to 44 and a half right now at BetMGM. Even at the current number, obviously, you know, you missed the best price. I like it. Florida right now, number five in total defense in the country. Pro Football Focus has them number 10. Really good run defense, really good stuff rate. The way that you could beat Florida's defense is with explosive plays. And Kentucky does have three really good wide receivers. But like I said, right now, Devin Leary doesn't look very good. Going to Florida's offense, the reason I like the under in this game, Graham Mertz. They're 55 right now uh, in the country in yards per play. The completion percentage is actually pretty solid for Graham Mertz because that's all quick throws, dink and dunk. But today he goes against Kentucky's defense. And I know this is their first real big test of the season. They played Ball State and Akron, who have uh, offenses outside the top 120. And then they played Vandy. But uh, I think this is a low-scoring game. I did like Florida at three, current price at one at pick. 
I'd probably lean Kentucky. One I want to hit on really quickly here, we're all the way down to four and a half. Utah State taking on UConn. It's been a uh, you-know-what show this season for UConn. Jim Mora, though, goes back home. UConn, after a successful season last year, they went over their win total. They've lost four straight games. But you look at these losses. They lost to two Power 5 teams. They lost to Georgia State, who's undefeated right now. And I actually like them a little bit today. Four-and-a-half-point dogs at home. I think they win this game outright. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to run up the, use the clock, I should say, uh, against an Aggies team that right now 110th in the nation, Utah State, is against the run. So I think UConn at least keeps that game within a field goal. I'm going to grab the points right now over at BetMGM, that number four and a half. USC, Colorado, it looks like Shiloh Sanders is going to be doubtful for this game. Opening line uh, has moved about a touchdown in Colorado's favor. I actually originally liked the buffs here, but we go from 27 all the way down to 21. There are some 21 and a halfs out there if you do like Colorado. My question coming into this game, obviously the health. No Travis Hunter still for Colorado. They don't have the best depth. Now possibly no Sanders most likely. And are they going to be able to run the ball? Because if they can't run the ball in this game, I know USC defensively not very good even year two under Alex Grinch. But if USC is able to just drop eight, uh, you know, rush three in this game, get natural pressure like Oregon was able to do last week, I think Colorado might struggle. And then the only concern I would have back in USC is more than three touchdown favorites. Are they going to be able to get consistent stops? I know Colorado's defense is not going to be able to get consistent stops. You look at the yardage they've given up, 545 total yards to TCU, 500 to Colorado State, 520 last week to Oregon. Their best performance this season defensively was against Nebraska, and that was with uh, Jeff Sims at quarterback. Now they go against the USC offense today. Uh, but the question for USC, can they put together a full four quarters? As great as Caleb Williams is, the passing game right now is all kind of like backyard, playground stuff. The run game, though, has been really solid. That would also scare me laying a big number with USC. Do they kind of take their foot off the gas in the second half, run the ball? But I think right now Colorado is going to get everybody's best shot. Uh, you saw that on the social media video with the Ducks last week. If they talk a bunch of trash. Plus, the other thing is all eyeballs, especially in the noon slate today, are going to be on this game. Even with Colorado getting blown out by Oregon, everybody's still going to be watching Dion, all the casual fans. So USC might show up for this game today. But they got some big games coming up, some possible uh, look-ahead spots uh, for the Trojans. Moving on, Baylor Central Florida. I like the number with Baylor originally, not so much now, and I don't really like the matchup. So Baylor might be getting Blake Shapen back today. The passing offense has actually been fine, even without shape in the last three games. They're 13th in the country in passing offense. Problem with Shapen, he throws way too many picks. And today they go against a Central Florida team that has a really good secondary, though. So Baylor's going to want to put the ball in the air. Central Florida's 37th in the country in pass defense. The way to beat Central Florida, run the ball down their throats. They're 110th in the nation against the uh, run. Problem is, Baylor can't really run the ball. Baylor's not really a great football team. Over double digits, I liked them, but at eight and a half, that's a stay away for me. South Carolina, Tennessee. I got nothing on this game, but I do want to shout out Spencer Rattler and how good he's been this season, especially behind a poor offensive line with no run game. I would actually lean South Carolina to keep this game close, uh, but that's a stay away. Michigan, Nebraska. I did play Nebraska at 18. I also kind of like Nebraska here at 17 and a half, which is where the number's at right now over at BetMGM. Michigan right now just doing what they need to do, but they haven't covered a spread. I don't really know how Nebraska moves the ball in this game. They have been better offensively since replacing Sims, but the problem is Michigan's defense has given up 5.8 points per game, which leads the nation. 
None of their opponents have even reached double figures yet, double digits this season. And they're only giving up 231 yards per game, which is third in the country. They take the ball away. They have four interceptions. They have nine sacks. The unders hit in all four games. So maybe that's a good look. Low total here. Offensively, they're more balanced. Uh, you know, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, they really got to get that run game going. J.J. McCarthy's been pretty solid. He's completing over 79% of his passes. Uh, Roman Wilson has six receiving touchdowns. Nebraska, not really good offensively, but they can stop the run, and that's why I like them to keep this game close. I think this might be a sleepy spot for Michigan. Again, they haven't covered a big number yet this season. In Nebraska, their run defense only given up 1.8 yard per carry through the first four weeks. They're only giving up 46 rushing yards per game. That's actually second best in the nation against the run. They have 14 sacks. They have three picks. So the secondary is not terrible. They're giving up 251 passing yards. So I think they might be able to keep this game close. Um, it's always scary betting against Michigan, obviously, especially with uh, Nebraska in this spot. But I do think that they have a shot to keep this one close. 17 and a half is the current number. we got a couple minutes. Let's get to a couple more games. Another play that I like. A uh, big bet for me today on Memphis. Uh, rotation number 194, three and a half point favorites. There are some threes out there over at BetMGM right now, uh, a little bit over a field goal. They're back home. They've won three of their last four at home in Memphis. Their quarterback, Seth Hennigan, their pass game should have some success against this Boise State secondary. They're averaging about 280 passing yards, and Boise State's outside the top 120 uh, in passing yards allowed, 124 right now. So, Memphis's pass defense, also top 20 in the country, only giving up 169 passing yards per game, 38th in total defense. I like them to win and cover against Boise. Kansas, Texas, this is a game I'm really looking forward to today. Is this a potential look-ahead spot uh, for Texas because they, had the Red, they have the Red River shootout with Oklahoma next week? I don't think it is going to be a look-ahead spot. Kansas is undefeated right now. The look I like in this game over 20 and a half as far as team total points in the first half for Texas. Quinn Ewers has been ridiculously good this season. He's efficient. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. Only one turnover-worthy throw. They have the weapons with Xavier Worthy in the wide receiver room. And Kansas, not really good defensively. So big play for me today on the team total. It's right now you could get a 20 and a half in the uh, first half for um, Texas couple more bets that I really like. We're going to get to uh, Ole Miss and LSU. But really quickly, before we get to the break, I do want to mention that I did play the over in that game, and I do like Ole Miss. Right now, that number at BetMGM, 2.5. I did grab a 3 with Ole Miss earlier in the week. reason I like the over in that game, I think we're going to get some points. You look at LSU's defense right now, outside the top 100, giving up explosives. Also a really poor tackling team. LSU's had eight straight games go over the total. Ole Miss has actually surprisingly been an under team the last few seasons, but I think we get some points here. Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas in that wide receiver room for LSU. Jaden Daniels has been pushing the ball down the field a little bit more this season. He's been staying in the pocket. And Ole Miss, you know, they've struggled at times offensively this year. Jackson Dart is their leading rusher, but they get Judkins, uh, Judkins back today in the running back room, and they can hit you ex with the explosive. So I think we're going to get some points. Let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll get to Kelly Ford. And we'll uh, see what he's got on tap for today. The BetQL tailgate kickoff with myself, Ryan Horvath, the at-home version today. 